0: Welcome to the Everyday Ultra podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corcion, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today we have such a rad episode for you because we have one of the coolest guests that's been on this podcast on the Everyday Ultra because this guy is an absolute legend and... Yes, that is his trail name, his legend. But besides that being his trail name, he really is a legend in the sport of multi-day endurance, uh, backpacking, fast packing, through hiking, ultra running, the whole nine yards. This guy has done it all. And to give you a little bit of a background into some of his incredible accomplishments, um, first and foremost, he completed the calendar year triple crown of hiking, which is the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail all in one year. He's climbed all Colorado 14ers, um, while also balancing a full-time job at the time, he's broken uh, the FKT self-supported record for the Arizona Trail and also an FKT for the unsupported Colorado Trail, which is just unbelievable in a sense on that. And he's also completed Cocodona 250, most recently uh, coming in 5th place, and that was actually his second time doing the race. You're going to find his training very, very interesting leading into Cocodona, even still uh, notching a 5th place um, overall finish despite his unorthodox training, which you will hear about in this episode. Um, and the guy is also an author. He wrote a book called The Free Outside. And the cool thing is, too, he's also the founder of a website called BackpackingRoots.com, which let me just take a second to just shout this site out because... Um, I'm actually planning my first fast packing, real fast packing trip, I should say, um, in Grand Teton National Park. And the reason why I chose Grand Teton was because of Jeff's site, backpackingroots.com. So this site is so, so awesome. So basically what you can do is you can go through and find some of the most premier, prettiest, and even underrated trails in some sense of where you can really do multi-day endurance events, whether it is backpacking, whether it is fast. Whether it is, you know, doing one day of just a massive trail run, whatever it might be, this website's going to help you find it. And in fact, that's what helped me to choose Grand Teton because I saw the Teton Crest Trail on backpackingroots.com. It gives you all the information about the trail, the location, the difficulty, the mileage, what you need to know about it going into it. And it's just really a great, useful resource to find your next multi day endurance adventure. So, shout out to backpackingroots.com. Jeff's site is awesome. Check it out. If you're looking to plan a new trip because uh man i i cannot recommend this site more uh because it's got me stoked for this grand teton trip actually right now literally right now as i'm speaking this i'm in my car about to go on my first uh, fast packing practice trip in Flagstaff. So uh, Jeff, if you're listening to this man, uh, because of you, I'm in my car recording this podcast intro right now, ready to go fast packing and and you've inspired me to do so. So anyways, uh, check out backpackingroots.com which is founded by today's guest. And uh, man, we're going to dive in deep into this episode with with Jeff Garmeyer. Jeff uh, really talks about some awesome stuff in here. Talks about how he approaches training for Cocodono 250. He talks about all the ways he he's able to circumvent mental roadblocks that come up in these multi-day endurance events and some of them you know are different than if you're in a 100 mile race or even a 50 mile or anything like that Jeff has a good approach to this and it's proven you know not just by um, you know his amazing incredible results but just the way he talks about it and, and you can just hear and listen to him of how much he just enjoys being out there in the wilderness and everything like that so we talk a little bit about that we talk a little bit about how he approaches goal setting and how he approaches uh really going into uh different events and everything like that and uh yeah this is just a special episode so enough about all that we're going to dive into this episode with Jeff Garmeyer here hope you enjoyed the episode and uh let's get right into it What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corcion. And as you know, we are coming off uh, a few weeks uh, at the time of uh, this recording from Cocodona. It seems like forever away, but man, that uh, race had just happened. And at the event, I, I got to meet today's guest who is just an accomplished ultra runner accomplished through hiker and just a a ton of um, he's got so many great knowledge that I think that you guys are going to take away um, in terms of just not being able to just be a better, ultra athlete, but a lot of those like multi-day long stringing events where you're out there for so long and there's so many little things that could potentially go wrong. I mean, this guy has covered so many miles over so many days that I think he's got a ton of expertise. So let me just give you a little bit of background about our guest today and just the amazing things that he's accomplished. So He's completed the calendar year Triple Crown uh, of thru-hiking, which is the Appalachian Trail, the PCT, and the CDT all in one year. Impressive enough. He's also climbed all the Colorado 14ers. Uh, he's done uh, the Arizona Trail and set the FKT self-supported for that at one point when he did that, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, he's completed Coca-Dona 250 off of uh, very minimalist training, which is uh, just so, so uh Again, I was telling him before, mind-blowing, but nonetheless, too, he also runs the FreeOutside.com, and if you're ever looking to uh, find some awesome backpacking routes, he also hosts a website called backpackingroutes.com, but nonetheless, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get into all of the details behind uh, the man and how he was able to get uh, all this impressive resume and running, Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Jeff Garmeyer, too. The Everyday Podcast. Jeff, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, and it was fun to meet you at the start of Cocalina and have no idea how I would do, and come through the other side and get to talk about uh, at least finishing. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and finishing well too, man. I mean, like it, it's not like you you came in and finished like at the bottom. I mean, you were at the top, like top five, like incredible, like to do that on just little training and and. I want just for, you know, our guests to kind of get a picture. What was like your training, like going into that? Because it's just, it, it's impressive just to say the least on how you were to to finish fifth with how you went into it.
1: Yeah. I mean, my whole 2022 has been a year of extreme. So I won the last person standing at across the years on January 1st, and then had a great January and February of training. And then I started, had like a, slip on some downhill in the snow because i live up here in montana and it like resulted in maybe a minor quad tear which manifested in like some it band issues and and then some hip flexor stuff and it was just i took almost all of it's most of march most of april off running i did like 10 mile weeks was my max for two months going into cocodona um and I was really questioning if if everything would even hold up for Cocodona. I so just having such a volume and a background, it was like. Um, and my PT was like, "Are you? Do you need to be like ramping up your miles?" And it's like, "No, I need to just be as healthy as I can on the start line because I can get through the miles if if everything holds up." So it was just like a very different way of looking at it. And like uh, Jason Coop was logging more miles per week than I was logging per month, like leading up to this event. And I uh, got to pass him at the end. So that was kind of fun too. But I think it's like these kinds of events, there's so many factors beyond just your training plan and stuff. And if you're showing up as fresh as possible and then have the knowledge of how to run at night, nutrition stuff, electrolytes, um, all this, like in this mental style of getting through a race that's so much further than you can comprehend. I think that really adds a lot more than just those, those long miles or long training days. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend anyone train that little.
0: dude that is so awesome man i mean it's just impressive to see too because like jason coop was like leading for or he was in top three for like most of the race and then as i was watching that leaderboard refreshing i just saw you climb in and him dropping and i was like oh shit he's gonna like he's gonna he's gonna come swipe by him and then you did it and it was just like man it was just game set and match from there from there so it's like And it's interesting you bring up like how a lot of people will focus on the big mileage and the training and like getting out on the trails versus those smaller things, which over a longer day can compound, especially if you don't get those right, the downsides that kind of come to it. So it's uh, I think it speaks like volumes, not just to that, but also, you know, how you handle these multi-day events, because you've done it so many times in the past and it showed that even on little training, all the experience and knowledge that you know, known, plus like an incredible crew allowed you to really go through and finish. But so I want to definitely dive into all that, your principles and everything on that. And like, I know everyone's like, dude, ask him now, but I always like to get a sense of like, yeah. how did you get to, you know, where you are today, Jeff? I mean, like, dude, the accomplishments that you have are incredible. These are just, I mean, I get chills just thinking about all the stuff that you've done. So What kind of set you on this incredible journey through through hiking and ultra running um, to get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, I mean, growing up, you hear a lot of people that are like, you know, just like don't wait till you're older to do stuff. And I guess I took that to heart when I was like 20. Would have been the first time I was in the middle of college, didn't really know what I wanted to to be, but was still like paying tuition and taking engineering courses. knew I didn't want to be an engineer, so I took off spring term and hiked the Pacific Crest Trail at 20 years old, fell in love with really a couple different things. Like one, just being out there, relying on yourself. You have to make all the decisions. You can't like blame someone else if something goes wrong. Love that. And also that you're working towards a singular goal for, um, I guess it was a little under four months is what it took me. And you're just working towards, you know, getting to the Canadian border from the Mexican border. And that I mean, really showed me that maybe not in the traditional sense, the goal oriented thing, but it just brings up this, this drive or whatever. And, you know, it's a goal that's so far away that you can't really comprehend accomplishing it, but every day you're making a step towards it. And I think that's really served in, you know, both real, real life stuff and these extracurricular recreation stuff and helped with FKTs. And so I accomplished that, went back and finished college. And then, ended up moving out to Denver and even while working 70, 80 hour work, work weeks in finance, I just was like, wow, I want to climb all these Colorado 14ers. And so in 10 weeks I climbed all of them. So and you I,
0: did that work in 80 out, like 70, 80 hour weeks, like, yeah, you know? yeah. whoa dude oh my gosh like because i i can imagine some people hear that and like oh you must have all the free time in the world but you just said yeah fuck that i was working 70 80 hours a week that's incredible
1: yeah and it was like i have a spreadsheet and some of the days were like seventeen thousand feet of gain and some at six peaks because i'd have like saturday and sunday and then i'd have to be back at work on monday and yeah i'd like drive out at like 7 after 7 p.m after i got off work Straight from the office out to the trailhead camp, get up early, summit one, maybe two, drive to somewhere else, summit two more, drive to the next trailhead, cook dinner, sleep on Sunday, get a couple more. And then I just worked my way through the list and, and got all of them, even went out to Mount Rainier with a couple friends, and we had no business. We had no experience or anything. And I just had a printout from the library that had like the mountain and then a route drawn on it. And it was like, we'd hold it up and be like, I think we need to go this way around. <laughs> and so we climbed Mount Rainier like that. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, if there's a goal, we'll just figure out how to accomplish it. We taught ourselves how to tie like prusiks and link up and had ice axes, but we didn't know how to use any of it. We were just like, winging it
0: (laughs) oh my god that is incredible
1: yeah it's and then yeah from there i went and did the calendar year triple crown um i saved up and just decided like it was a pretty good spot in life i was like 25 i guess and it was like i think i can take manage nine months if i sell my car i'll just figure it out after i get back so i sold my car to fund it hiked for 250 days and um, covered 8,000 miles in that, got like charged by moose, had to swim some frozen rivers, but got that done. And then it just kept going. I had two years, I worked for another year and a half. And then a couple of years later, I did a 7,000 mile loop around the West called the Great Western Loop, which was sick, got charged by a grizzly bear, more more insanity there. And then I was like, damn, I've done some long stuff. I want to try some shorter stuff. So I dove head on into FKTs. And in like three months, I set the Arizona Trail, the Penhody Trail and the long trail records. And it was like, wow. And then I was like, man, I've never really done anything international. So I went on a vacation to Costa Rica and just didn't get on my flight back and lived there for two months. Oh, shit. So oh, shit. Is- And like I worked remotely down there and this is like how I live life. It's like it'd be sick to like live here for a while. I guess I'll just not get on my flight home and just stay.
0: Dude, that is incredible. So like I I first of all, like I don't know what you're doing to 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 piss off all these animals or these animals just pissed at you or something. But uh dude, this is incredible to just hear like your life and how you approach it. And I think it makes it so relatable too, because you're like saying it's like, Hey, like I'm working too, I'm doing all these things. And, but you just kind of make it happen. Like, how do you, how do you like, I guess, approach like a goal? Like when it comes to mind, is it very much just like, do you like, like get scared or like, get like, Oh, like what if, cause it just sounds like you really just approach it and just like, Hey, like, this is what I want to do. I want to go out and accomplishment. Like, how do you kind of see that? Because it just sounds like, you know, when you set your mind to something, like, not only do you like make it happen, but you like continue to make it happen over and over again. So curious to hear your approach on that.
1: Yeah, I think it's so everything's made every goal is made up of like, a lot of factors or like smaller goals along the way. And so everything that's been like a fear or nervous about try to tackle head on. So, I mean, when I started through hiking, it was like scared of the dark and at night. So I would like try to camp on my own without other people to like get comfortable with the night, like let's attack it head on or do some night hiking. And then like, even with animals and stuff, the more you see out there, like the more comfortable you get and just putting yourself in those spots and just, trying to get comfortable with all the things that could easily be a reason not to do things is really helped. And even like living by myself in a foreign country or something like, and like learning a language I don't know down there in Costa Rica, it's like, just put yourself in these uncomfortable spots. And, you know, if you give yourself the ability to sink or swim, all of us are going to figure out how to make it work. And it's, it's a little uncomfortable at first, but then you soon like, you crave that uncomfortable thing or those question marks because you just think that you can really prove something to yourself by, uh, by accomplishing it. And yeah. And it's just like a series of things where it's like, Oh, I really want to do this. Like, how am I going to make it happen? It's, it's more like that. And then back on the, on the work thing, it's like, it's taken seven years of like dabbling in the outdoor industry, building up, having to have jobs outside of it and still a little bit of income from outside of it, but just to have like anything sustainable in the outdoor world and the flexibility to do all these things. And you give up a lot of things, but if that's what you, what fuels you and you want to do, I mean, that's what makes it all worth it. Like could make a lot more and live in a high rise in Denver and finance, but that's not fulfilling, which I learned pretty quickly. So it's like, let's craft the life that is fulfilling and took seven years but getting pretty close so it's pretty pretty cool just to trade that money for flexibility and then also get to you know sneak in some goals too
0: Dude, uh, you said probably one of the most important things I think anyone said on this podcast is like literally setting up your life for fulfillment. Right. And, and mm-hmm. like what fulfills you because, you know, I, I worked in finance too. It's like you, you do the money can be tempting and like the lifestyle can be tempting. And you're like, wow, this is great. But sometimes it's not always what we want deep down inside. And, you know, it's, it's, was, uh, fulfilling for you is different for me, different from whoever's listening to this, but like crafting your life around that and not letting like the narratives of life or how it should be prevent you from that. I feel like can help you to, or it, for you, it seems like this is what you're doing to really see a challenge and be like, to your point saying, how can I make this happen instead of like, oh, that would be tough to make that happen. Or eh, like, don't have the time to do that. Don't have the money. Cause I think like that's the initial reaction, but I feel like society kind of clouds our view of what fulfills us that leads to that. Whereas if you're focusing for what fills you up as you are, it allows you to say, how can I make this happen? And in turn does.
1: Yeah. And I think another big thing is like, let's say the Arizona trail was like a 15 day FKT. It's not like I just jumped into 15 days or whatever. It took like years of experience and knowing how to even backpack or be efficient and then running and then training for that. It's like all these goals, they, (laughs) they, The cliche they're not going to happen overnight and like even crafting the life you want might take a decade but when you get there that's when you you've made it like you got to just be actively it's just like uh one of those 7,000 mile hikes it took 208 days to do a 7,000 mile circle around the west and it was like every day I wasn't thinking about the end but I was every day I was making active progress towards getting to to that goal so it's it's always like if you're just making like an inch of progress at a time, you're always moving towards it. And and that's and it's okay to, to quit these things if you realize in the middle of them this is not what you want. But I think that's an important thing is like if it's not something you want to be making progress towards every day, like maybe reassess too. You don't have to just follow what you always thought you wanted to follow too.
0: So good dude. So good that you mentioned that because I think even like in like the ultra and like the endurance community you get that like no quit mentality like don't yeah. quit right but to your point is it like worth like if you don't like the thing like why are you continuing to do it like is it just because you're you want to have that no quit mentality but to your point it's like hey if you don't like it don't don't continue to be in it cuz you're feeding that thing that doesn't fulfill you and you could be doing out, doing the things that you think is rad and you think is awesome. So I, I love that you mentioned that just because I think in the, in the age of Goggins, so to say, like the don't quit mentality can be, uh, uh, it can be, it can be dangerous at that extreme for sure.
1: Yeah. Now David Goggins is full of bullshit. And I think that we should, (laughs) I really want to focus on that. It takes so much vulnerability for any person to show up at the start line of a race. That's like stupid far, whether it's a 50 K or a marathon or a hundred mile or 250. It's like the vulnerability is showing up for something that's so hard where it's like, I could definitely fail at this and failing Mm -hmm. sucks. So I think that that takes as much or more than like getting to the finish, just like signing up, putting yourself out there, being like, I'm going to try for this and it's insanely far, but I'm still going to give it a shot.
0: Yeah. And you live that man. Like you are the epitome of that. I mean, dude, I think, I really think 99.99% of the people, if they had the same situation as you going into coca they wouldn't, they wouldn't even be at that bid pickup. Like they, they wouldn't have even come and started anything, but you were just like, and you were so calm. Like just, I'm giving everybody context here to really back up to show that Jeff is, is talking to talk to you for sure. But dude, you were so calm. You were just like, yeah, like we're just going to see what happens. It's going to be fun. Like let, let's do it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like this guy is like, awesome. So I, it's uh you're right i think it just takes that 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 courage and that willingness to just step up a lot more than just to to finish the race especially you know under under all the different circumstances that may come your way along it so dude well said
1: yeah i mean david goggins failed twice at like navy seal school so yeah. come on he's failed too
0: yeah <laughs> that's true that's true i love it man and i i think one of my favorite instagram uh captions of all time was right before, uh, right before Cocodona. when you're like, it's time to make Goggins look like a bitch or something like that. I, yeah. I thought that was incredible. So, <laughs> so good. Um, So, so diving more into this. And by the way, I also thought it was amazing when you said go into short stuff and you said, uh, yeah, it, it, for you, short stuff was Arizona Trail, FKT, like just <laughs> un- unbelievable. But what are the things that you've kind of learned on your journey that like are really the keys to success. And I'm sure there's so, so many like things like you mentioned before, electrolytes and sleep and gear packing and all those things. But I guess like, you know, there's gotta be principles that you keep bringing onto these races. Cause there's, I mean, you're just excelling at all these things that you're going on, including coca So in terms of like the multi-day approach, and we have a ton of listeners who want to do 200, so want to do some through hikes. Mm-hmm. So I guess what are like the principles that have just really helped you along your journey to not only do those things, but do those things well and continue to do them in the future?
1: Yeah. I think a mindset thing that's really big is like, you only get to control the present. Like you, I might've had like, one of the nights out there was super rough, but once the sun came up in the morning, it's like, well, can't can't change that night. So I just got to focus on as good a section as I can here. And so that's kind of how every FKT is too. If it's a multi-day, it's like I if yesterday was my best day or my worst day, doesn't matter because you know, now I can only do what what's in front of me today. So you just gotta let go of those massive failures or massive triumphs along the way as like a piece of the whole adventure, but getting too high or too low, I think is a really like a really big thing that hits a lot of people at Cocodona is like, Oh, Mm. crushed it. I'm doing this well at this point. But then, you know, you, you set yourself up to be disappointed if you get too high and you set yourself up to kind of spiral if you get too low. And so it really is this mindset of, you're in the middle of it and there's the cliche like aid station to aid station or one day at a time. But it's like, it's really like, you can't think of the, the greater goal. You can't think back to the start and you can't think ahead to the finish. You just got to focus on like, like where you're at in the present and then setting yourself up as you move forward. So I think a number of things that I've tried to do is every race or FKT can be so easily like, set off course by a number of small factors whether it's like um, mental like something going on or um, like food or sleep or night stuff and so I really center a lot around like trying to adopt a mindset going into it it's like um, like I'm gonna be out here for a a six-day push or something and it's like I'm not gonna think about the six-day thing but I'm gonna be like Prepared that I don't need to think about how many days are left. I'm not ever going to be counting down things. It's like we are choosing to put ourselves out here. So let's try to focus on, like, wow, it's amazing my body can do this, or this is an awesome view that I'm seeing, or it's really cool that I can function on this amount of sleep. It's like, let's accept those little small micro goals or small victories along the way, but then let's file them away and try to stay pretty even keeled because it's so easy to just spiral if something goes wrong for a little bit too and you're never out of it too i think is the big thing
0: dude that's so powerful man because like i i i love the notion of like putting it behind you and i think with like failure it's like one of those things where it's like hey like get a bad day put it behind you but it's so interesting you talk about the good things too right like it's yeah. good to celebrate the wins and do those things but sometimes when you're like too focused on the celebration like to your point you you measure it with your current circumstance. And if it's a shitty one, which it will be shitty, like there's, you know, yeah, you, you cross anything over like a hundred miles, there's going to be shitty times. Uh, man, that could be detrimental. I've never heard anyone explain it like that. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get, you don't want to celebrate before you've really done anything yet. And you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to condemn a race before you finished it yet either. Cause there's so much time, like, especially in, 100k plus there's enough time to have a low like mm-hmm. you can have um one guy todd bachman who i talked to he ran one of the other 200s and he was like this was having a bad day and i took a nap at mile 30 and he finished top 10 and it's like Whoa. this just goes to show like like just figure out your solution to pull yourself out of what what's troubling you maybe it is a nap at mile 30 but then you're set and you can just do that mental reset and, and keep going. And yeah, I think the same applies on the top end, which we don't celebrate enough. Like if you're in first place at the halfway point, yeah, that could, that can really like let you blow up. If someone passes you and you're in second, then you're just going to spiral.
0: So good, dude. So, so good. And, and yeah, man. I I absolutely love that because and I think it's very common with with and I'm listen, I'm, I say common too and I'm raising my hand because I've done the same thing. Uh is you get out in front, you're feeling good, you're like, wow, like I'm leading the pack. And then as soon as that first person, second person passes you, you're like, Oh shit, am I slowing down? Like you start doubting yourself, and then uh the spiral begins. I've been there personally. It's uh it's no bueno at all.
1: Yep. And it's so hard to pull yourself out of that. And that's the other thing that I've tried to do is have like a number of little tips or tricks when you're just spiraling and one that that I really like to do which is just so generic but equate it to like a refresh is um especially on FKTs or like a coca donut is if it's like a rough point or I'm feeling groggy or need some sleep it's like I'll just brush my teeth it like signals the start of a new day that's what I've always done you feel like if your teeth feel clean and refreshed like your body feels a little bit better maybe that's not it for you maybe it's Whatever, wash your face or something, but something that just resets, like that your body's used to. So for thirty-one years in the morning, brush my teeth. It's the start of a day, feel fresh, ready to go. And even after a night where I didn't sleep, it kind of tricks the body and gets it going again. So just having like a a couple of those little tricks where it can just bring you right back,
0: dude. Out of all the things that, because you said like, oh, I thought you're like, I know it's like simple and everything. And of all, if you gave me like probably like a hundred guesses of what I thought you were going to say. It wasn't <laughs> that. So, but it makes so much sense. Right. Cause like we're the, the body's like so routine and just like creatures of nature. Right. Like when the sun rises up, even in like a multi-day event or anything like that, it's like we get that kind of rising cause we know it's coming. So you're like hacking that by yep. brushing your teeth. And so your brain says, Oh, like time to get up, time to rock and roll. I've never heard that. How did you did, like, was that something that you just kind of figured out on your own or like, Did you test it out? Like, so curious.
1: Yeah. On the Arizona trail, which was like my first big, like two week plus thing into like sleep deprivation, pushing 53 mile days or something. It was like, I'm struggling at the tail end of that. And it was like, I I should just try brushing my teeth or something. (laughs) And you're trying everything to just keep moving forward. And it just brought this little, little bit of like refreshing, I guess it's almost like A shower but in like the tiniest sense of the word like you completely just reset everything and it yeah got me through another night and then since then it's just been such a key and I passed it along and other people have said it works too because it's yeah you just feel refreshed you got that minty freshness or whatever and and yeah it it's like one little thing you can look forward to because at some point in a lot of these like food isn't so psychological anymore like you're running out of things that are going to like trick your brain into just like jumping back into the moment, being present and appreciating it. And like brushing my teeth seems to work for me.
0: (laughs) Dude, That's so good. I'm definitely, I'm 100% trying this out. And uh, my, uh, my first big hike um, at at the Teton Crest, which I actually found through your website, which is awesome. Thank you for that. Um, But yeah, I'm going to try that out because I've never heard of that before, but it just makes so much sense. Like it, yeah. I mean, even just to, to trick your brain, like, cause you're right. Food doesn't work. Like the, the typical stuff doesn't work. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Do you have any other like kind of tricks to help your brain reset or kind of hit that dial? Because I feel like anything like that you can do to just kind of flip that switch and stop that spiral is so huge. Like, do you have like any other kind of like tips and tricks that helps with that?
1: Yeah. A couple other pretty simple ones that use a little less frequently, but work is like even at a stream or whatever, washing like the salt and sweat off your face Mm. that you feel refreshed. And then another one is uh, just take your shoes and socks off for a minute or two, let your feet dry out. And then you're just like lacing up your shoes. Like you're ready to go for a run again. It's like, you just trick your body once again. So it's anything that just provides this like big reset in time. And it's like, all right, shoes are tied up, feet are feeling good again. Like let's get rolling. And it's like a two to three minute thing, but it can really bring back everything.
0: So good, dude. This is awesome. Like I, yeah, I love this, man. It's just like almost like starting your run again, like, (laughs) and therefore your mind starts again. So to say like on the repeat, I I love that so much. I'm I'm curious too, like, just like through all the miles, right. And this is like how you've accumulated this stuff. What are some like, kind of like blind spots that people typically have with these long events that you've kind of learned that, basically if, if you would say if they knew this kind of beforehand or kind of tried these things out like it would be greatly helpful for them right because yeah. i know you mentioned sometimes when we were kind of talking before the podcast sometimes people will do things that'll blow them up uh, later in like a long effort or an event um what are those what are some of those things for you that you would suggest or those blind spots
1: Yeah. Like the week before the race, I did like three training runs just to sharpen like three of the skills that are really big and ultras that people neglect. So I left Montana, drove 12 hours down because I was driving to Cocodona through like Moab and got down there at midnight and then went on like a really slow hour run at midnight because just like get back used to running by a headlamp, get used Mm. to being out at night. And I think a lot of people running hundreds and multi-day stuff is like, yeah, the night is the lowest point, but you want to be able to draw on some experiences and stuff out there. So even though I had, have a lot of night experience, it was like, I just need to get used to the headlamp again, get used to how the light works, where, where you're stepping, everything looks different at night. And just, and like, I was tired, it was midnight, but it's like, I just need to push myself to go on this run before I go to bed, just to like, Get one more little like shred of confidence that I can draw on in that race and just sharpen the tool. And then another thing, if people uh, are going to use poles in um, races, like it's so neglected, people don't train with them. It's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't bring them if you didn't train with them, but mm. if you're going to use them, train with them. And then another one of my runs I did, I ate um, like a decent enough meal and then just went on a slow run just to like get that feeling of your body's digesting and having to work through food. And this is also neglected. Like everyone just has gels, but if you're doing a hundred miler, that's probably the limit. You might be able to get through it with just gels, but it's you just want to get used to these things that are going to happen out there. Like you want to be able to take in calories all the time. And if you're, you know, your long runs are, 30 miles, but you don't, you just eat a couple goos. goose. Like that's not sustainable for a hundred miles. You should be eating at the same rate you would for a hundred miles. It's, it's all these little factors that everyone's so good at training and there's so many good things on like a training plan out there, but all these ancillary factors ruin a lot more races than, than a training plan does. It's, it's like one of your long runs maybe should be at night or something. You should be maybe a little scared or nervous out there at night so that you're not feeling that the first time in the race. Like you just want to know how it feels. So you're not, you never want something new to happen in a race. And if you're like, Oh man, the night's scary. And you're in the race, like that's tough to come back from you. You want to have drawn on that experience. And so I think that that's a big one. And then, and then multiple types of weather, people are pretty good at like heat training and stuff, but yeah, if it's, you live in like phoenix and it's raining one day go out and run in that rain then you have that experience of like wow okay i wear glasses and this is really messing with my glasses i gotta come up with a strategy like you just learn or like wow my phone got kind of wet or my nutrition got ruined because it was rainy it's like well now you know and you can not have that problem in the race you want to get all your problems out of the way (laughs) before you're at race day or at least have solutions to deal with the things that come up
0: What's up, everybody? Hope you're enjoying this podcast episode so far. I wanted to take a quick second to just mention a game-changing uh, product that I've been using in my training lately, and it's just been so awesome, especially going into the hot summer months. Now, I'm out here in Arizona, and we're already reaching 100-degree temperatures, and it's only going to get hotter from here. If you're in very desert-like climates or Colorado, Utah, Southern California, or even Arizona, you know it's about to get smoking. Or even if you're in the Midwest or the East Coast or the p you know those humid hot days are starting to come about and as we all know when you run in the heat it's harder to run at the same relative effort than if you were to run in the winter or in colder weather mostly because your heart rate starts to spike up you lose more fluids you lose more electrolytes you have to worry about maintaining those things and really just having a solid hydration plan is going to be a make or break when it comes to uh, really performing well in the heat and if you have races coming up in the summer or if you have uh, a big training block in the summer you're going to need to be prepared and so for me I have a big training block going into Javelin 100 in October, where that race is notoriously warm in October in Arizona. Um, So I'm going to be really needing to uh, dial down my hydration strategy. So as I kind of like thought about the ways to do it, one of the ways was trying out this new product called Prepped. Now, Prepped is an interesting product because it basically does to your body for hydration uh, as to what carbohydrates do when you're carbo loading for a race. So you know you have a race the next day you might go and get a you know big bowl of pasta or you might eat some pizza or whatever. Get those carbs in the night before to prepare your glycemic levels to really have the energy it needs to go forward. Now prepped is an interesting starch-based formula proven by uh, scientific studies and everything to Basically, the night before what you do is you take the mix, and it's just a powder mix, um, and this is their prime package that is. You mix it in with either almond milk or water or regular milk or whatever, and then you drink it up like a shake. And this starch rip mix actually preps your body for maximal hydration the next day um, in order to uh, really keep in the key fluids and electrolytes that you need to be well the next day. And uh, it does it in this unique way where it's not just consuming salt tabs or anything like that. It, it does It does the thing where it basically, uh, it... it It's so interesting because, like, I say it and I'm like, "Wow, this is so different and unique." But I think that's why it works. So basically, what it does is it takes your intestines and it it like lines it up in a way that is able to hold in fluids a lot, lot better. Um, in a sense, that's going to keep you hydrated all day. And so uh, I've been using this before the night before all of my runs in the hot Arizona summer. And uh, man, my performance has been so great. I've rarely felt dehydrated out there. And uh, overall, I've am hitting splits like never before in the heat, and I really owe it to Prepped for helping me out. So that's that prime stuff that I've been taking, but they also have a recovery mix called Prep Recover, which helps to replenish your body with not just the electrolytes you lost and the hydration tools that you need to keep going, but also some protein as well to help repair those muscles after it. So it's really like an all-in-one kind of recovery shake as well, and I've been using that too, and it's been incredible. So I love the product so much, I actually reached out to Prepped and I said, hey, listen, I I'd love to offer a discount to my listeners because I think that they can really benefit from this. Now, I'm not getting compensated by this either. Uh, I literally just asked for the discount and uh, because I wanted you to try it. And so uh, the discount code is Joe10, J-O-E-10. And if you go to the link in the show notes, um, you will be able to purchase um, any kind of prep product of your choice uh, as long as it's a one-time purchase for a 10% off discount on your order with code Joe10. So check that out. Man, it's been a game changer for me me. me i'm going to continue to use it i'm going to continue to shout it out because i think this product is just so unique and it's it's man it's really going to change the game for you out there so try prepped if you are trying it let me know what you think and uh super stoked to have you dive into prepped all right everyone let's get back into the episode and thank you again for listening to the show i love that man because it's like you know it's the most cliche quote of thing of all time but it's like we learn from our mistakes right and it's like why would you want to learn those mistakes out on the trail during the race when you can just learn them during training when, you know, you're, you're not competing or not going for, for that buckle or anything like that. And one thing I think is it, it, you said, it's just incredible that you're putting yourself in these situations because I think with like training, it's to your point, most people will wake up, it's light outside. And even Mm -hmm. if they're going on back to back long runs, they got like a nice, good meal in between some sleep. Like it's not the same. They're not eating the same way. And it's a lot of people will say like, oh man, if I only like ran how I did in training, like my race would have been good. And it's like, well, like to your point, like what you're saying, most people don't run the race, how they are in training because it's completely different environment. So I think it's so, so interesting. And I think a small thing that people do tend to overlook when, when training. So I think that's, that's golden.
1: Yeah. And like, if someone's looking to do a hundred mile race in 24 hours, which is a good time, that means you're going to be running at every time of the day. So mm-hmm. set an alarm for 2 AM and make yourself go on a four mile run. Like, just see how that feels. And then you can like go back to bed, but just like get some of that, like And then you have this confidence of like, wow, I forced myself up to do that. And another really good strategy, and I've learned a ton from this, is crewing and pacing other people. Like you Mm. get the experience of like 100 people's race. You can see how other crews do it, how other racers do it, what they're eating, how much water they're taking for sections. Like are they changing their shoes? You can get like 10 races of experience just by like crewing a friend or something. I think it's just so valuable to see other people's issues and how they're dealing with them. And then you just have this knowledge and how it works.
0: So good. I've never heard people say that, but it, but it reminds me of a, of a, another quote, less cheesy and less trite. But uh, in the end of the day, it's like, you know, a a smart man learns from his mistakes, like, uh, but a wise man, like learns from other people's mistakes, right? And it's, and it's, uh, I feel like you accelerate all that pain and like, you know, getting your feet torn up or anything like that by just seeing and crewing, which I've never heard anyone else suggest that before. Like, and I think some people will sometimes, and I, I don't, but, you know, it, sometimes it can be a commitment to people, right? You're driving yeah. out and helping out someone like this, but it's like, Hey, like it could be beneficial for you to learn something too. And, you know, on top of just, you know, first of all, you should be grateful you're helping out a friend, but second of all, like to, to reframe it, it was like, Hey, this is also a learning experience for me to, to really go out and, uh, and see how people handle these problems or what problems even arise. Right. I yeah. think it's just genius, man. I love that advice.
1: Yeah. And when you crew and pace, have like a little notebook or a notes thing and just write down some stuff where it's like, oh, I didn't know this could be a factor. So I I think that that's uh, one of the quickest ways to improve your experience, like going into your first hundred, you could have five hundreds of experience just by seeing what worked and didn't work for others.
0: So good, dude. I wish I I wish I talked to you before my first hundred mile away, for real. Cause I feel like I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, shit, man. If I just did like like even just half the stuff that you were saying, I feel like I would have, uh, fared out better for sure. But man, this is, this is all gold. Like I, I love this. It's like being able to just prepare yourself for what's ahead, not just by like intellectually knowing it, but like putting yourself in there, seeing it and really just learning. And then I love the, the part of just taking out a notebook and writing it down and keeping tabs of it. I mean, that's so valuable. How do you approach sleep on these? So, um, you know, whether it's, and I'm sure it's different from when it comes to like a Coca Dona versus like an FKT attempt versus like a through hike. Um, so I guess like, how do you kind of approach sleep out there? Like, are you sleeping when you're tired? Do you have a schedule? Like, I'm curious to hear how you approach it.
1: So I think generally all things are set up where there's like three stages. The first is like, you want to maintain and get, like a chunk bitten off before you're by like jumping into those sleep reserves. So probably trying, if it's like a multi-week thing, like you're probably the first half or third, you're trying to get through and like be somewhat well rested. And then you have that like push in the middle where you're jumping into the reserves. And then you have that, that final like sprint to the finish. And so if we take something like coca which, about three days. It was like, I knew I would push through the entire first night because like 36 hours is not just with experience, not too bad to be running through. So ran about to the halfway point and then had planned an hour um, of sleep. And then from there, it was just going to be naps to supplement for the second half. So it was trying to get like that halfway chunk ish bitten off. And then that reset of an hour And then from there, just like supplement as little as I could to get to the finish. And and then that big push of the final day or whatever, but it all kind of is that it's tied to that structure of like, you don't, I mean, the metaphor of you have so many matches to burn when you go into one of these, like you want to have like, you know, a third of them or something for that, that last push where you're, you're just fighting through so much strangeness, but. You don't want to be going out too hard or running too hard that, that first night, maybe you want to push all the way through it, but you do want to have that hard reset. Maybe it's a 20 minute nap. Maybe it's mm. a 30 minute nap. You, you just need a hard reset and then you can jump back in and, and kind of see how things are going. Cause something in that three day realm is like really, really pushing how little sleep you can get, but it's still, you're going to need some, I think is really the 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 strange thing about coconut, it's such a weird distance, but it's kind of cool. It can be dealt with a few different ways.
0: Right? Yeah, that's that's so interesting, and I and I love and to to go back on the whole experience thing too. I mean, you even said uh, when you started this off, you're like, I ran through the first thirty six hours, and with experience, I know that that was like. I know that it wasn't tired for me. And I just love how you're, you're again, bringing in that, uh, advice of just kind of taking from your past experiences to help build up your success in the future, especially when it comes to sleep. Cause I feel like so many people can be different, right? Like, I'm sure, you know, people who, I mean, on a day to day, they sleep only like three to four hours. And some people who are like, like me, where it's like, if I don't get anything less than seven, like I'm, I'm wrecked, you know? And so it's interesting that you said that in there.
1: Yeah. And I think a big thing with, Races and stuff like this, whether it's even a hundred miler and stuff, is to have like a loose plan too. You can deviate from it, but it was like I knew there were a couple people pretty close behind me and they'd probably pass during that hour nap, but I knew that it would help in that second half of the race. And so it's like, I'm not running to the field. We still have like 120 plus miles left. (laughs) I'm going to run to the race that I think is the best my body can do. And it was like, I just need this hour sleep and it'll make everything better. And I'm not going to change my plan based on other people around me. Like this is what I'm used to. This is what I'm good for. And I probably would have just blown up if I tried to just keep up with the other people.
0: So good, dude. That, that is just so good. Just being able to trust your own process, your experience, your, your preparation, I think is is huge, especially when people are passing you and you get that thought of like, Oh God, I'm, I'm falling behind, but you're able to contain it. Cause you know, and you know, from experience, you're like, Hey, if I just reset, like I'm going to be better off. And some people won't and hell, then you, you climbed to top five, man, which was just a, uh, just freaking awesome.
1: Yeah. It was uh pretty crazy. And especially at the beginning of that race, people went out so fast and it, like, I'm getting passed. And it was like, man, this feels kind of weird to get past this much, but it's like mile five. It was like, just (laughs) stick, stick to the plan, go slower. And then like, I don't know, 15 hours later was back in like fourth or fifth. So it's like, it all worked out, but just don't run to the, just run the race. You already planned on these things are long, especially if you're in that 50 plus mile range. Like the race comes back to you starting out how you plan to start out. Don't, don't run to the the speed of everyone else. They're all going to blow up.
0: Yeah. It's so good. I remember even like watching your stories. It was like early on, you like posted a story too. You're like, yeah, people are, uh, are going out fast here. So, we'll, so we'll see what happens. And it's just <laughs> like, I feel like just reminding yourself of that and and just seeing it. I mean, that's like the classic ultra too. Like just, uh, you know, y- you're in the front of the pack, you get hot and everything. And some people just get destroyed out there, which, uh, sounds like you're reminding yourself of for sure, which is super awesome. How does, um, I guess like in a race, how do you approach like a race versus like an FKT versus a through hike? Like, is there kind of some differences that you kind of either approach mindsets or how you kind of treat those things? Like, um, because I'm interesting, like, cause I've, I've never done either. So I've never done an FKT. I've never done a 200 miler and I've never done, um, Like a really long through hike. So, and I know I have some listeners in here who are interested in doing at least one of those, if not two or three. Mm -hmm. So, I guess, is there anything that's like different between the three? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of commonalities, like speaking to a lot of the things we've been talking to today. But I guess what are the tweaks that you'd have to kind of make going into those three approaches to really be successful?
1: Yeah. So I'd start all three off with like a spreadsheet with you know this is the beginning this is the end and then I'll separate it into micro goals maybe on a long through hike it's like uh, on week two I want to be here or week four I want to be here which means I have that whole two-week period to like there's flexibility in it one day could be good one day can be bad and then on an FKT it's the same thing but maybe each day and it's like if I only hit 47 miles on a day and I wanted to hit 50 that's okay I can that rolls into tomorrow I'm hoping for a little bit longer but these micro goals that you're hitting like keep you on track for that bigger goal and they're not set in stone they're just more meant as like targets and stuff so Mm -hmm. and then so it's just like how granular you're planning it like a through hike is going to be a more wide open like in this many days I'd like to be here whereas you get to Mm -hmm. an FKT it's like at the end of this day I'd like to be here and then even a race it's like This many hours in, I'd like to be at this aid station. It's just how granular you're planning. And then, so like a through hike, and I do a lot of self-supported FKTs too. It's also some planning on like the nutrition and what you're going to be eating and stuff and prepackaging stuff in like that daily amount is really important. Whereas a race is so much different because you can get to an aid station and be like, I haven't had ramen in years, but this sounds really good. I want to have some ramen. And it's like, that's completely cool. You just don't have that flexibility on a through hike day after day or an FKT. So it's kind of knowing what the limitations are of each style and then also having like, like allowing yourself to be flexible with it too, while also still trying to hit some of those goals along the way. Cause the through hike you'll hit like, you'll hit weather if you're too late in the season or something, or maybe there's a storm coming in. So your goals are going to change along the way, but just having Mm. that outline is a lot better than just being like, all right, I'm going to try to through hike 2000 miles with no, (laughs) no planning or goals. It's like, that also (laughs) feels like an empty way to attack something. Like you want accomplishments along the way. Like, "Oh, I made it out of my first state. That's sick. Like let's celebrate those too, And in the way that, You know, you you can build on those successes that eventually end in in the bigger goal, but it's really just breaking down everything into manageable bite-sized pieces.
0: Dude, so good. I I love Like it, there's planning involved in all three, but it's just the scope of planning and the scope of which you measure yourself is so different. And I think for good reasons, right? Like, like, I love how you said, even if you're doing like a through hike and, you know, you plan for 40 miles on one day, and let's just say you end up getting, you know, 35, it's like, okay. But you don't want to just be like, oh, like I didn't, it was a failure, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, you have that more room to do it. Whereas like a race, it's like, well the the time clock is ticking here like I need to really hustle it on and and to approach it from that standpoint I think is uh is very interesting
1: yeah and like on a through hike if the goal is 40 miles that doesn't mean that that's where you got to get to but if you didn't have some sort of idea I guess you would just walk till some time and throw out your stuff and go to sleep like it's just (laughs) nice to have some Basis of the day that you're planning maybe it's like this is an epic lunch spot let's try to get here before we have lunch it's just like if you fill it with I don't love a lot of structure but just enough structure then you can Mm -hmm. really enjoy and um, immerse yourself in all three experiences if it's like oh I want to get here before I sleep well and you don't like your sleep's probably going to suck because you (laughs) didn't quite make it there you could have that hour nap in a van or feeling pretty good if you just push a little bit so if you have that goal there lingering it's just going to improve the experience so i think that's the benefit of planning is you're finding the best way to get through a day or a through hike or a race or whatever
0: so good dude so good and and i like how you pointed out there too even like yourself you're like i don't like structure but having a little bit of structure makes it fun. And I think sometimes, and I'm, I'm the same way. I I hate structure. Like I just like, I'm very much go for the flow, but if you're too far in it, especially with something like a through hiker and FKT, I can totally see how it can just make it less enjoyable or like make it less fulfilling or rewarding or any of those things. It's like having just a little bit of structure. And I love how you use a little bit instead of just like, you know, so rigid to the point where it's just like, wow, this like sucks. Um, I think it's really, really really interesting
1: let me hit on the other side of that too. I've seen a lot of yes. runners that over structure, like every calorie, every minute of sleeping, every mile that they want to be at. And this goes back to like, you're setting yourself up for failure. Like if you're like, Oh, I want to have get like massage or like roll out <laughs> or something at this level. And like something just doesn't come through, or maybe you're crew gets a flat tire and can't meet you like you just set yourself up for a spiral like that little structure and knowing you can be flexible is the perfect amount because you're just building a pedestal to get knocked off of if you're over planning everything
0: yeah dude so good and i'm sure you 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 take the same approach with training too right because i i know and listen i i used to fall in huge trap in this where it was like you know this is exactly my training schedule. And then all of a sudden, like some little aches and pains would pop up or like some some issues would happen. And then it's like you, you've you married to that training plan and or at least I've had it where I've married myself to a training plan and then just end up getting hurt or like something bad happens and I don't enjoy it as much. So like, do you take that same approach with your training and everything?
1: Yeah, I try to train on like a week long basis. So I'll have like mm. m- like this many hours of training depending on the what I'm training for this much vert and maybe some in miles, but most of the stuff I do is hours of training and it's like, okay, today is awesome in Bozeman. I'm going to have like today be a vert day in the mountains where I'm not really even going to look at my watch. And then maybe it's like rainy or worse. And it's like, this is going to be a tempo run around town or something, but it's not like every Tuesday's tempo run or every th- like Saturday is long run. It's like, if I, and that's, sort of going back to how I wanted to set my life up. So there's that flexibility. It's like, all right, my last meetings at one, I can spend the next three hours in the mountains. And that's the rewarding thing. Like we all do this because we want to be outside and in, you know, the beautiful places. So your training plan says you have to do a track workout on the best day of the week, scrap it and do the track workout tomorrow. Like, like do it for the enjoyment. Like, wildflowers are popping, maybe just change the whole thing. Like if it's on that week long basis, there's enough days I can get in, in a normal training block, like the things I want to do, but also I'm not going to sacrifice the reason I want to do it just for that training plan.
0: So good, bro. That's so, so good. I love that, man. Like, cause yeah, there's some days that are just super nice out of that. You want to go like in Arizona, like there's in the summer, it's like 115 every day. And like, who knows, like maybe one day is like, you know, 90 degrees, which is like surprisingly cold here, but like, it's like, Hey, like if you had a rest day, like maybe go out and just enjoy it and just, you know, move your run to that day or something like that. Like, I love that approach. I think, I think it does make it a lot more fulfilling because like, you're still getting in the work in, but like, you're going to the roots of like what you enjoy through that. And you're not letting it box you out of that, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's how ultra running is too. It's more flexible and fluid. So you Mm -hmm. can jump around some workouts and have some more fun in the training process. It makes the whole
0: thing better. So good, dude. So good, man. I just want to, dude, I wish this podcast episode was like five hours long. Um, <laughs> I could, I could listen to you all day. Um, I'm curious too, like, uh, cause I definitely want to, want to touch on this like before, cause I know you've, you've done unsupported efforts. So yeah. like unsupported FKT in Arizona trail and tons of other just unsupported things. And when people hear that, including myself, it's kind of like holy like shit like i did like my first 100 miler unsupported and that was like a fucking that was like i'm like what in the like that's crazy and so when i try and like pitch together doing the azt not just like not just a through hike but fkt like how do you how do you approach that like what are like, is it is it drop bags or like i guess like what are the principles and selfishly one of the reasons why i asked too is i'm doing i'm not going for an fkt but a giant fast packing trip self-supported and It's just things I want to think about. And I know some other people listening in who would want to do that. I guess, like, how do you approach an unsupported or self-supported effort kind of going through these different things?
1: Yeah. So like, let's take the Colorado trail, which I did like a little over nine days, completely unsupported. So I got to, I enter with everything and even carry the trash out from what I ate. So it's like nothing except for water along the way is how kind of that that style is set up. And so what I did is I had nine Ziploc bags with numbered one through nine, and that's my calories for the day or what I'm going to be having. Um, and that's kind of like, you just have to go with that structure where you like, maybe you're still hungry after you ate it all, but you've already just from experience or whatever, this is the amount of calories. Like I need to sustain to get through this. And I, I have to stay within both this day with like getting through the miles, but also this amount of nutrition and stuff too. So it's very regimented because you can't like, even if you walk by McDonald's, you can't like go get some food. You're very much what you start with is what you get. So it's, it's this planning process of knowing like, this is today's food, this is tomorrow's food. So it's, it's making those decisions ahead of time is how you set it up for, for success, you can be, I think on fast packing stuff, you can be a little bit more fluid. But I also think like that calorie distribution is such a big part of having a good trip or adventure. It's like um like you might love Cheez Its on day one, but you eat two bags of them and then you're like <laughs> sick or something. It's like <laughs> just structuring it where there's enough diversity. And I I like doing is like really good calories per ounce, good fueling and 20% are psychological calories. So like Mm. what I would want to eat, maybe it's like, I I love uh, chocolate covered espresso beans. So I'll throw those in and they're just like a mental win, I guess, when I get to eat those. So it's, it's having just another tool that can bring you back if there's psychological calories and you're in the late afternoon, still got 20 miles to go, but feeling a little down, it's like, all right, I'm going to dive into this snack that I've been looking forward to. And that's just one more way to pull yourself back up.
0: Psychological calories. I've never heard of that. That's so, but it's, it's so true. Like sometimes like when you go to an aid station you see something you really like, and you're like, wow, like this is amazing. And it's like, you know, it's not something that's from a calorie perspective, like going to fill you up, but it's just like, wow, this is just like, the best. Like, it could be just be like, I don't know, for me, it's like a seltzer or something, I'm like no calories, just a little bit of hydration, but it's like great. And obviously, you're not taking that fast pack. And I would hope not, but like still, to your point, though, I, I say that because I can totally see why just having those little psychological wins can help you get through the rest of the days for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think that, well, for me, I don't eat a ton of meat, but at Coca Donut, it was like, The BLTs were amazing. (laughs) And it was like, wow, I haven't had bacon in a long time. This BLT is incredible. And I have four of them over like four hours. Oh, that's just like, yeah. So talking of you don't know what you're going to want out there. And that just seemed to work for me.
0: So good. Yeah. You don't know what you want out there. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I'm glad those BLT, man, I, I, I could go for a BLT right now. I'm thinking about it. But so cool to see the psychological things too. Cause even with fast packing, like you have to be so conscious with weight and stuff. And I think, and, and I've never done one, so I'm not in by no means an expert, but the way that I would think about that is like, oh, like, you know, you got to pack the essentials and like all that kind of stuff. And if you see like a food, it's like, oh, it's not calorically dense. And it's like, why bring it? But to your point, psychologically, it's going to help you. Yeah, fucking bring that. Like, that's this so helpful. Yeah.
1: And yeah, find that that number. It's just enough that if you get a couple of them a day, it brings you up. But You don't want all all the food you've been craving all the time because then your pack will be too heavy so it's finding that that right balance just like everything yeah
0: I love it, dude. I'm gonna take the all of these like for. I'm I'm gonna listen to this episode again right before I go on my uh my first trip too, man. It's gonna be. I think you you saved me out there for sure with this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but Jeff, so we talked so much about all these things. One thing that I thought was just was super interesting and something new, and it's interesting. So we had uh, Shelby Ferrell on the podcast before, and she was talking about uh, using THC while running, which is something like that was very new to me, especially because I got paranoid as hell when I when I use THC, but have always been um, open to experimenting with different things. And uh, one thing that you mentioned to me that I thought was just so interesting is like implementing psychedelics with running. And I know people are like, whoa, this took a turn. Like, yes, 100%. Like, yes, it's it's a different topic. But I think it's something that's interesting and something that I want to kind of speak into because as I was telling uh, you before the podcast, Jeff, I was hearing other people talk about it and the benefits and just how it changes their experience. And so I wanted to kind of like end the show, just kind of like you giving your experience kind of how it does it and what your thoughts are on that. Cause I think as psychedelics start to get more normalized for good reasons, Mm -hmm. mental health wise, I do think that it's going to be something in running. That's going to be, it's, it's going to be way bigger, Um, not just in running, but in life in general. So get like, give me a pro like, have you, I'm sure you've done it before. Like, but Tell, yeah. tell me more about it I'm, I'm very naive in the subject I will say but I'm so so curious
1: yeah I've had <laughs> good or fast runs and not as good or fast runs and it's just kind of like finding a good middle ground but I've struggled with uh, depression and and worse and stuff for many years and I mean running and all these things like offer some and then also not even maybe once or twice a year like psychedelics especially like uh mushrooms and stuff have like really they really open up like a new dimension and stuff and then having done a couple runs one um yeah it's like just opens up kind of a new door of being present I guess differently and you're not you're not trying to like trip and giggle so hard or something I guess it's it's just mainly like kicking down that door a little bit and opening it up I've done it a few different times Um, and yeah I think it just offers this other dimension and this way to get a little bit deeper into um, like you get that runner's high but maybe it's like you can I've had some good mental clarity on like, why do I like this running? Why is this runnage mm-hmm. high, like half an addiction or something like that? And it's uh, yeah, it really just broadens uh, what you're like analyzing yourself out there. You're getting to think through things a little bit differently. And then of course it just opens up things too. And I've, when I first kind of started experimenting with it, uh, definitely definitely, overdid it a little bit and had okay. stomach issues so it's it's like very much a touchy thing where it's like dip the toe in and stuff but it is this just like different way of getting your brain chemistry firing and i've you know tried ssris and snris and stuff like that prescribed by doctors and stuff but i think the natural substance has so much less side effect, and mm. if you kind of figure out how it works with your body it opens up this like i don't know like more more less or i guess less inhibited version of what you're going for and then out there on the trails it like combines running with this so you're you're kind of getting that what comes from maybe a a prescribed drug but you're getting it kind of in this more natural setting and you're getting uh yeah less less um i don't know downside to it and stuff and it's something to especially now, like if I was doing it now, I'd probably take like the smallest Mm -hmm. amount that would have a little bit of an effect, but it's really just getting that a part of the, the brain chemistry or getting things to, to fire a little bit, or that, that brain to open up and maybe more dopamine receptors or whatever you're looking for. But I think having run the gamut on it, it's like, it doesn't take very much. Like you don't have to be like tripping that much Mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. And I think that that's the biggest thing getting into it is it's not like you're a freak out there, just tripping balls. (laughs) You're you're like setting yourself up to enhance a run. You're not changing the run or the experience. You're just enhancing it through what, you know, someday will probably be a prescribed medication.
0: So good, dude. I love that. And I I know people personally who have said like, it's just it like to your words too, like it, um, lets you kind of see things more objectively, like who you are and just kind of pick those layers back that maybe just so hard to see on like a normal brain. Right. And I think like the science, it could be wrong. like turns off something where like you can see things in a different way and really analyze yourself. Is it like more of a, and this is the last question I'll ask we'll We'll definitely wrap it up here, but is this like more of like a insightful thing when you're out there or is it more of like a it makes the run feel better like you can like solve problems better like all of the above like just so curious
1: yeah it, it feels like rather than running through an environment like I took them on Teton Crest too it's oh, like it's awesome. run, that's where I'm going so maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're running in an environment like you're part of all the stuff around or something like a, a creek or a waterfall like you just appreciate where you're at in life a lot more and not in the touchy feely way, but you just like feel a part of what you're doing or a part of the environment you're running through rather than just like, my goal is to get from this end to the other end. It just helps ground you and be a little bit more present, I think is the biggest thing.
0: And I I think this is a great way just to end it, just because literally in the beginning of the episode, you were saying like how important it is to be present in those moments and enjoy it and really just take it all in and right and take it like moment by moment. And it sounds like this just allows you to, to really just hyper accelerate that and just really be grounded in the moment. Cause to your point, there's sometimes where I've been on some of the most beautiful trails and all I'm thinking about is getting to the end or like that, that next piece of food and you, you skip out on the opportunity. And it's like, that's, that's why we're out there in the first place, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah. You can just stay home and not have to have driven to the trailhead. If you're not, you're not super (laughs) present into it.
0: So true, man. Well, Jeff, dude, this has been incredible, man. Like I this is so insightful like I, as i said I'm, I'm definitely listening to this again before my uh my next first big hike uh or multi-day fast packing trip so this was so insightful man i'm, I'm so grateful for you coming on and uh everyone here uh as i mentioned before in, in the podcast jeff has a website if you are inspired through this to do your own route your own anything like that uh multi-day trip backpackingroots.com i'll put the link in the show notes too you can go directly there but jeff anyone else who's listening here who wants to follow your journey which hey everyone here follow this guy's journey he's got some awesome content not to mention just some man some entertaining stuff dude you you put some uh, put put some funny stuff on the feed for sure i love it um where can our listeners do so they want to follow along with you
1: yeah the free outside on instagram and um, there's a Facebook page, but yeah, freeoutside.com has a lot of stuff too. Especially, you can even read about Barkley marathons and stuff on there. We didn't even get into that, so whole nother yeah, episode.
0: I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a uh,
1: yeah. Just look it up, and yeah, I wrote a book about the calendar year triple crown, so it's called Free Outside too. So check that out, and yeah, I mean, just I would just send everyone away with the message of like worry less about your training plan or your watch and just focus on you chose to do this sports to start enjoying it a little more
0: dude i love that man jeff you are you are a legend uh both just from my eyes and also your trail name so you are a legend my friend thank you for coming on the show dude this is a lot of fun
1: yeah thanks for having me this was good
0: All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So, if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at joe corsione. That is my handle j o e c o r c i o n e and I'll be more than happy to fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, Would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.